This is Randy Chrisman, Chief Marketing Officer at Angel Oak Capital Advisors, and I'm joined today by Johannes Paulson, Cheryl Pate, and Navid Abgari, who all serve as portfolio managers for the Angel Oak Financials Income Fund and the Angel Oak Financial Strategies Income Term Trust. Today, we'll be discussing the current fundamentals of community banks, M&A activity the team is seeing, and the opportunities set in community banks going forward. Johannes, clearly we are experiencing very interesting times in the world and the market. What is the status of the community bank fundamentals in light of the coronavirus pandemic? Thanks, Randy. Let me first, on behalf of the team, send our best wishes to all. We are living in unprecedented times with the entire world focusing on the coronavirus pandemic. Again, from our families to yours, we wish you all good health and safety during these difficult times. But to your question, Randy, there's no doubt that this sector will be hit much like every other sector of the economy. We expect margins to compress and delinquencies to rise. However, having said that, we believe that the community banking sector is much better prepared to deal with a crisis of this magnitude than most other sectors of the economy. Why is that? I want to briefly highlight three of the important fundamental factors of banking, capital, liquidity, and credit quality. Capital ratios are at multi-decade highs for US commercial banks. The Common Equity Tier 1, or the CET1 capital ratio, is up approximately 40% since pre the last financial crisis, and tangible capital has almost doubled over the same time frame. As a result, banks are much better equipped to deal with a crisis of this magnitude. Liquidity at banks has improved, helped by stronger regulatory requirements. We have seen significant growth in deposits over the last few years. Most importantly, banks have increased the quality of their funding. Term deposit funding, CDs for example, declined from a peak of 30% to just 12% today, while low-cost core deposits have seen commensurate increase. Credit quality is at or close to all-time best. While it's difficult to determine the magnitude of the increase in delinquencies as a result of the pandemic, we expect the impact of the banks will uh, be less severe than in the prior cycle, as banks have de-risked and de-levered over the past decade. Loan underwriting standards are stricter and capital levels are higher. Couple of additional points to make. First, it is important to remember that after the financial crisis, the regulators implemented significant changes to strengthen the banking system. The largest overhaul to the regulatory environment was the Dodd-Frank Act. The current COVID-19 pandemic is exactly the type of event Dodd-Frank was implemented to address. Increased capital levels and better quality capital, improved levels of liquidity and tighter credit standards. In other words, Dodd-Frank was enacted to allow banks to weather crises like this. Second, most community banks have very low exposure to consumer lending. Most of the consumer lending these days is done through credit cards and small dollar lending uh, where larger banks have more dominant position. And finally, community banks are what we call collateral lenders. In other words, they will underwrite their loans based on businesses' cash flows, but in most cases, they will also ask for additional collateral and personal guarantees. As a result, if things do go wrong, community banks do have the collateral as an additional protection. Finally, the CARES Act uh, relief, as well as a host of other relief programs recently introduced, should help mitigate some of the stress on small businesses, as well as the impact on the banking system as a whole.
Cheryl, as it relates to the strategies, how do you think of diversification across your strategies? So we're really mindful of diversification across all of our strategies. We think about diversification from a financial sector perspective. Though our key focus is on community bank debt, we have added diversification through investments in other financial sectors, including insurance, financial services, asset managers, and the like. We also think about regional and state concentrations. We have geographically diverse portfolios with generally no state accounting for more than 10% of any portfolio. We've been particularly mindful of energy exposure in our banking sector investments and have consciously limited energy exposure across our funds. In our public funds, Texas exposure is between six and 9%. Uh, but I think most importantly here is our Texas exposure is really focused outside of the Houston market uh, with really only three Houston banks in our public fund investment portfolios. We're also particularly mindful about agriculture exposure and have been limiting our investments in banks with above average ag and farm lending exposure. Final point I'd make is we also consider issuer concentrations. Our daily liquid strategy targets a concentration limit of 3% per issuer, while our strategies that more broadly target a 5% concentration limit. Interest rates are now at historic lows. Uh, Johannes, historically, how have low interest rates impacted bank performance? That's a good question, Randy. Absolute rates and the shape of the yield curve do impact net interest margin. And lower rates and flatter yield curve tend to have a negative, uh, tend to be a negative for community banks. Most community banks are what we call asset sensitive. What that means, banks' assets will reprice faster than their liabilities. As a result, uh, when we see rates decline, banks will generally see their margins compress. We have seen that trend over the last few quarters, and we expect that trend to continue. But lower interest rates also means that borrowers get some relief in interest payment burden, making it a little easier for them to meet scheduled payments. Overall, uh, the tighter interest margin tends to impact the company's earnings profile and equity valuations or, or the stock price more than the debt. It is also worth noting that there's a negative correlation between interest rates and bond valuations. Theoretically, as interest rates fall, bond values improve, mitigating some of the uh, exposure from the higher credit spreads. During this time of financial and economic strain, do you feel community banks are more or less likely to see increased M&A? Yeah, I think if we step back and think about the U.S. banking sector um, overall, the banking sector is highly overbanked and consolidation has been a positive tailwind for a number of years. We've seen an increase in M&A over the past several years. Uh, number one, as the regulatory backdrop has become more friendly post-financial crisis. And secondly, as banks have been searching for cost savings and efficiencies to boost profitability. If we look at 2019, for example, we saw a significant increase in the consolidation rate from roughly 5% on average to 5.7% as regulators became more positively disposed towards larger deals. And we also saw a trend towards lower premium transactions, including mergers of equals, um, a positive in our view, given the reduced execution risk. We've been expecting that M&A activity will continue to accelerate from current levels as banks focus on driving better scalability given a tougher earnings environment and interest rate environment. So as we move towards a recessionary environment, we expect credit costs will start to increase, which could incent more banks to consolidate. 
from a timing perspective, we could see a temporary slowing of activity in the early days of a recession. If we look back to the financial crisis, we did see a decline in M&A in 2008-2009, followed by a sharp increase in consolidation activity beginning in 2010. Um, I, I would say we think we could see a similar type path here with a temporary slowing of activity, followed by a sharp rebound. Naveed, as we look ahead, what are your views on the opportunity set going forward? Yeah, Rending, uh, obviously investing in the current environment can be difficult, but we think investors will re be rewarded for prudent risk-taking in their portfolios as we continue to work through the recessionary impacts of the coronavirus. We find that there is significant value to be extracted from the debt of regional and community banks, as banks are fundamentally stronger and less risky than they have been in generations. Post-crisis, there's been a significant tightening of lending standards and delinquency rates remain extremely low. The banking sector has also experienced a significant deleveraging as banks have added nearly 40% more regula regulatory capital and more specifically, 40% more common equity tier one capital since 2007. This results in stable balance sheets, which should be better positioned to withstand an economic downturn than many other sectors of the economy. Additionally, we've focused on minimizing our bank exposure to the most volatile segments of the economy, which includes the energy sector and retail sectors. This coupled with the continued theme of M&A in the banking sector, which Cheryl highlighted, gives a favorable total return potential to this investment and creates a very attractive risk return profile. Excellent stuff. Thank you for all for your time today. Uh, this is very informative and we look forward to speaking with you again soon.